Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. All right, friends, good morning. So it is uh, Ash Wednesday. It is the start of the season of Lent. It's hard to believe feels like we just finished Christmas. Um, <laughs> it feels like we just finished Christmas, and here we are at Lent. Okay, I got a question I want to ask you. I want to start with a question. I don't want you to raise your hand um, to give the answer. I just want to ask the question. I want to ask, have you ever done something that you felt was like so bad that you just weren't sure you'd be forgiven? Have you ever said, maybe it's like you had such a big fight with a sibling or you said something that was just like, you were so angry, maybe it's your mom or dad, you said something that like afterwards you're like, man, that was really bad. I want to tell you a story. So I was probably 10 years old, 10, 11 years old. And one of the things that my mom and I used to do every single year in the summertime is her and I, we would go to the Boston Mills Art Festival we loved going to this art festival. I love going with her. I love seeing the artists. I love seeing the pieces. It was just a really cool thing for her and I to do. Anyway, that particular year, uh, she had my parents had remodeled this one section of their house, and my mom wanted to find a piece of art to go in this new section. So we had seen a lot of different artists and a lot of different booths, and we came to this one artist who was, he was a, a glass artist. He made these beautiful pieces out of glass. He had all these amazing, ornate colors, intricate colors woven in the glass. It was nothing like I've ever seen before. It was so cool. So my mom decided to buy this piece. It was this huge glass plate. It was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. It got boxed up very carefully in this styrofoam case, and, and uh, the person, the artist who sold it to us, he actually walked it out to our car and put it in the trunk of the car just to show you how like, careful they were about all this. So <clears throat> we get home, and as we're, as we're pulling into the driveway, my mom was saying, um, we had a few groceries in the car. She said, you take the groceries in the car. I'll meet you inside. Leave the glass plate in the trunk. Let me get it. <laughs> can see where this is going. I thought, like, I can get that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm totally capable of carrying this thing inside. I was so excited about it. I thought it'll be cool. I'll unbox it real fast and set it up in the spot and surprise my mom. So I crawl into the back of the Suburban. I start dragging this box out, and I go to step out of the Suburban, and something, my foot got caught on something, and I, like, catapulted myself out of the trunk of the Suburban while holding on to the handle of this box. And what happened next was I am, I am on the ground like this, and I see this box flipping through the air, okay? Doing like 50 backflips. And it's all happening in slow motion. I'm, right? And it comes crashing down, like right next to me, right? Just right next to me. And I can hear it just shatter, absolutely just a billion trillion pieces, absolutely shatter this thing. I instantly lost it, just right, sobbing. I run inside. 
I run past my mom, I run past my dad. All they know is I'm just crying, running up to my room. And they must have been like, what is he doing, right? So I go sprinting up to my room. I grab my wallet and my piggy bank. And I come running back down the steps. I get to my parents. And I just like throw all my money at them, saying, you can have all of my money, right? And I said, I'll live in the basement. I, don't, not, I can't be your son anymore, right? I felt so terrible. It was this overwhelming feeling of like, there's just no way they're going to forgive me. There's just no way. They told me, leave it in the car. I said no, and I shattered the thing, right? I shattered the thing. There's no way they're going to forgive me. Somehow I got it into my mind. I think we all do in some way. Somehow I got this idea in my mind that there's like a line that I could cross where like beyond that, I just don't know if God's going to forgive me, or I might not be worthy of forgiveness. Friends, I think this is exactly why every single, every single year on Ash Wednesday, the church invites us to hear again every year from the prophet Joel. Every single year we hear this. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. Even now, he's saying, like even now, after all that you've done, after all that you've failed to do, even now, after this whole year that's just gone by, from the last Lent to this Lent, where all the failed, the broken promises that you've made to God, all the, the well-meaning intentions, I really meant to get my prayer life in order, I really meant to be working on this addiction, I really meant to be working on my, my Bible in a year timeline, I really meant to be doing all of these things, and I've done none of it. And God's saying, no, no, even now, even now, I don't care, even now, come back to me, he says. Like somehow we get convinced, like there must be, like God, you must eventually get tired of me, right? Like is there not a point beyond which I'm just now disqualified for your mercy? Isn't that what we think? Isn't, there, isn't that what we think that, that I... I I can cross this line, I, I can do something, or I can fail to do something, and God's just finally like, all right, that's it. Forget it. I gave you a thousand chances. Friends, that's not the heart of the Lord. He says, even now, come back to me. Even now, even now, despite it all. Like, this is why St. Paul says that we hear in the second reading. He says, now is the day of salvation. Now is in a very acceptable time. Now is the time, right? Because we don't know how much time we have, right? Now is the time to bring our hearts back. Now is the time. This is the only time that we have. It's now. So friends, here's the invitation. I want us to remember that as we enter into this Lent, I'm sure we have all of our, our own kind of disciplines that we're intending to do, things that we're going to fast from, maybe, you know, foods or devices, things like that. All of the things that we're planning on doing during Lent, none of them, none of them amount to us earning God's love back. We don't do these practices, we don't do these disciplines to earn His love back. Like, I've really messed up, God. Let me just... I'll pray a thousand rosaries every day for Lent, and then you love me again at Easter, right? It's not how it works. 
We can't earn his love back because you never lost it. You can't earn something back that you never lost. So friends, as you step forward to receive ashes upon your forehead in just a moment, I want to invite us to really see this external sign of ashes on the forehead. You're going to hear, repent and believe in the gospel. The word repent means to turn around, to turn yourself back to God, to do what the prophet Joel says, return to me with your whole heart. Like, let the ashes on your forehead be a sign to your heart. This is, God, this is what I want to do. This is what I intend to do. I intend to return to you with my whole heart. With my whole heart. Amen.